welcome to episode four of Love Life with Jax. If you've tuned in and this is the first episode that you're listening to, we're really continuing on from something that uh, began in episode three and even in episode one. So if you want to hop back to the beginning and listen from then, you're welcome. Otherwise, just listen up. I'm sure you'll catch the drift of what's happening. Today, we're going to be speaking about extravagant love. And I just want to start off today with a prayer. God, I thank you for your presence. I thank you that you are with me and I thank you that you are with each person wherever they are listening to these words today. I pray that your love would reach me today. I pray that I would be aware of the tangible presence of your love. And I pray that each person listening would be aware of the tangible presence of your love, that it would overwhelm them, that it would reshape them, that you would soak them in your love even as they listen to these words today. Amen. Amen. I just wanted to start with praying and with centering myself and and us in the presence of God and in the presence of His love because something of what I want to share with you today has really defined my journey, uh, redefined my identity and enabled me to start to walk into who I am and who I'm called to be and I really want to get the essence of it across to you today. Love is extravagant, isn't it? Whenever there is love, there is an extravagance that goes with the love. Some of you will have started following me or heard about me because of our daughter Kiara and the incredible miracle that happened in her life, a miracle of healing. And she really has become and is something of a sign and a wonder to our generation of the healing power of God and just his ability to break into our today and his truth, the truth of him still being the king on his throne and everything that he wants to do invisibly in our lives. We saw something of a visible sign in Kiara. And so that is the Kiara that I'm speaking about. But Kiara has always been a very loving girl, beautiful, beautiful heart. And recently she decided to scatter little love notes through our bedroom for Richard and I to find. So I was lying in the bath the other day and I had a vase of roses next to my bath. And I was lying there, it was dark because I like to bath with just one candle and I looked up and I could see something sticking out of one of the buds and so I reached up and there was a little note a little sliver of a piece of paper and on it it just said I love you I didn't even know who it was from and I, I obviously enjoyed that moment wondering whether it was from Rich or whether it was from one of our kids or who might have left this note and then over the course of the next few days we ended up finding them everywhere there was one in a pot plant next to our basin there was one in a little bag that I keep of hairbands. There was one in my underwear drawer. There was one in Richard's underwear drawer. Um, There was one in my gown pockets, just little notes of love. And we had a few giggles as we realized it was Kiara and she was laughing that we hadn't found them all yet. And she said, oh, you didn't even find the one that I hid over there in one of your belt loops and a little note over here. And I just said to her, you know, that's so true. Love is so extravagant that you left about 20 love notes and I think we found six or seven and I just love the picture that that makes that love is extravagant love pours itself out and only a bit of it is recognized and I started that story because that's something of my story of how I came to understand love I come from a beautiful family my parents were very loving but obviously a marriage relationship is such a significant relationship and learning that we are able to be loved by another human in this world and not just our mom and dad but um 
obviously that's a great place to start, but just love from another person, a person who's chosen me. And Richard was equally very extravagant in his love that he would love me in so many different ways. He would love me in things that he gave up for me and things that he chose to do for me and words that he gave. And even it's probably in both of our humanness been something of uh, an area that has caused some pain where I've said, you haven't told me today that you love me. And he said, oh, I've told you three times, but you never heard me. And just how love is always less is received than what is given. Love is extravagant. It pours itself out. There was a story a little while ago, which I've told a few times, so you may have heard of it. And many people laugh at me about this story, and you're welcome to do so too. But a few years into our marriage, Richard heard about a rose farm where you could order roses from this rose farm, and they would deliver them to your door weekly. And so he thought that was a brilliant idea. And so he ordered roses and they got delivered to our door. So I received roses, I think it was 10 roses, every Friday morning for about a year and a half. So if you're listening to this and you're a girl, you're probably going, oh, wish that, that my husband would do such a thing. And if you're a man, you might be saying, oh goodness, thanks for setting us up for failure. Yeah. But you won't believe what my response was. My response was that I was delighted with the first bunch and the second bunch and the third. But after a while, I started to feel that it wasn't deserving of all the credit that he thought it was deserving of. He had put it on stop order and roses were arriving every week, and in my opinion, without thought from him. And so I began to be quite dissatisfied with the love that he was showing me because I thought that it wasn't, it wasn't something that was thoughtful because it was something that was prearranged. And you may well be laughing at me and thinking, I'm so unappreciative, and you're right, Uh, I've learned and I've apologized a thousand times, don't worry, but it made me realize that we do the exact same thing with God. God loves us extravagantly, but how often, how often do we actually stop to realize that we're receiving love from Him in that moment? The sun comes up every morning, and if you get up and watch the sunrise, you may truly appreciate it and realize and accept it as a gift from God, but how often do we not even get up and watch it. We don't even look at the sun that's rising and the beauty that's being painted across our skies with it. How often do we walk past a blooming flower and don't think of it as a gift of God for us? Even something close to home, like our senses, our nerve endings. We stand in the shower and we feel the luxury of water running over our skin. And yet how often do we stop to thank God that this caress that's coming from water, this caress is a caress from God because he is the one who not only created the water, but who created our nerve endings and our ability to feel that everything we taste is a gift from God as he created not only the extravagant tastes and the variety of the different tastes that they are, but also our ability to taste those different things. And so I think so often God loves us extravagantly, but seldom do we realize the extravagance of his love. And so as I came to terms with Richard's love, all those roses, and finally as I started to walk into a place of realizing that this man loved me 
so much. It was actually his sacrificial love that finally got me to see it. There was a moment where somebody said to him, hey, did you watch the test rugby match last night? And he said he didn't. And I knew that he was busy with me the night before and he hadn't even said to me that he was giving up watching test rugby in order to spend the evening with me. And that might seem like nothing to you, but Richard is an avid rugby fan. It was something that even he would say bordered on idolatry in his life in his earlier years and something that was really significant. He was a professional rugby referee after he was injured as a player. And so it was really a deep love and I knew that. And when I saw that he was willing to sacrifice in this way without even pointing out I realized that he'd made countless sacrifices in order to display love to me. And Jesus has done exactly the same thing, countless sacrifices. Maybe that one big one of laying down his life you may have realized and seen, but countless sacrifices he's made over the years and over the decades and over the centuries in order to position us, in order to show us the love that he has for us. And so this extravagant love that my husband introduced me to, that Kiara displayed for us, just recently, really, it started to open a gateway for me of understanding the extravagant love of God and really receiving it and accepting it for myself and realizing that God really, really loves me. In episode three last week, I spoke about God giving us a new name, that he would want to name us. He would want to call us his beloved. He would want to give us a new identity in him and that Jesus received an identity from heaven when he was baptized and the skies opened up, the heavens opened up, and there was a voice from heaven that said, this is my son whom I love, and with him I am well pleased. And as Jesus received his identity from heaven, we also should be receiving our identity, our name, the essence of who we are from heaven and not from earth, not from what other people think of us and from what we think of ourselves because of what we do and what we have and all of those sorts of things. And so I just want to look at today that actually God has given us a theology of our identity, that he has spoken over us in millions of different ways and thousands and millions of, of sunrises and sunsets in all the tastes that you've tasted and every blessing that you've received that you may or may not have realized is from Jesus. Every wind that has passed over your skin, every warm ray of sunlight that has kissed your face is really a kiss from heaven. And these words that I want to read to you today from Ephesians 1. It's a letter written to the Ephesians, but written to the church, written to any who would accept that their identity is wrapped up in Christ, that as we are baptized into him, our identity is in Christ, as you'll hear in this passage. And it says here, praise be to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace, which he's freely given us in the one he loves. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. He made no 
known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we who were the first to put our hope in Christ might be for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. It's very wordy, that passage, I know, and it might have been hard to listen to over a podcast. I encourage you to go and look it up in Ephesians 1. But this is all just one run-on sentence in the Greek. Paul is writing it and he can't get out in his exuberance and the extravagance of the love that he's trying to express here. He speaks about we are in Christ, in him. We are, through Jesus, we have this identity in the one that God loves, in him. We are united in Christ. And he goes on and on because this is our new identity. We spoke last week about we wish that we could have the identity of Christ just given from a voice from heaven that it would make it so much easier to know who we are and to know that we are loved. But right here in this passage, Paul explains that when we are baptized, our new identity is in Christ. That is who we are. We are hidden in him. And everything that is true about Christ is now true about you. That means that if you look at these identity statements three times, he says that you are for the praise of God's glory. He is proud of you. God is proud of me and he is proud of you. It says that you are blessed with every spiritual blessing, that you were chosen before creation, that you were predestined. This means that if anybody has ever said that you were unplanned or unwanted, that that is no longer true. In Christ, you were planned, predestined, and absolutely wanted. It says in that passage that you are loved, that you are holy and blameless, that you're in favor with God, that you're in God's will, that you're included, that you're saved, that you're God's possession, that he wants you and that he has you, that you would belong to him, that you bring him glory and he loves you and he sees you as his. And I know that as we listen to those things, some of the things don't really sound true of what we've done. If we look at our past and even if we look at something of who we are today, that maybe some of my motives, some of my behaviors don't match up to being holy and blameless and, and set apart for him and sealed in him. But here is the thing. We spoke last week about getting our identity from our possessions and from our performance and from our past. But that is not the truest thing about me. I may be an engineer or a pastor. I may be a person who is lucky enough to own an iPhone. I may be those things. I may be selfish. I may be a mom of seven kids. I may be a whole lot of things. They may be true of me, but are they the truest thing about me? And here's the clincher that I really wanted to get across to you today, is that your identity is rooted in Christ. It is rooted in the voice from heaven, and it is rooted in the future. The truest thing about you is who you are becoming. 
In episode one, I spoke about my gran who had given me a beautiful card that said, to thine own self be true. At the time, I thought that she meant that I just had to discover, you know, what I was good at and what I enjoyed and and live into that. That would be being true to myself. But I now realize that being true to yourself means being true to your true self, to thine own true self be true, to thine own true name be true. And who I really am is the who that I'm becoming and the who that is rooted in the future. I really am everything that God says I am as I'm hidden in him and as I am growing into the person that I'm meant to be. Lisa Bevere says this quote, I'm alive to grow in the likeness of my new name. I am alive to grow in the likeness of my new name. When I became a mom, when Richard and I took Kiara home from the hospital, she was our firstborn child. We were a mother and a father. That's who we were. And yet we were infinitely unprepared to be that. And we needed to grow into who we were. And so we will probably spend the rest of our lives learning to be what we already are. Friends, you are are loved. You are chosen and planned, predestined, holy and blameless. You are included. You are not left out. All of these things are spoken in Ephesians 1. God is proud of you, but we are going to grow into the likeness of our new name. We are going to grow into who we are, just as I needed to grow into being a mum and Richard needed to grow into being a dad, just as Jada, as we spoke last week, needed to grow into being Jada Grace and little intercourse or needed to grow into being Samuel as the two of them were adopted into our family and were given the name Mangavin, that they forever will grow into accepting the fullness of what they received on that very first day. I leave my prayers with you and I pray that as we've spoken the last few weeks around identity and around finding ourselves rooted in God's love, that that is the essential place that I want to start this podcast with. And so I really just want us to start there, that as we go on and learn how to live a life of love, that everything we do needs to come and flow from love. I pray that it would start here, that it would start with you knowing the extravagance of God's love and starting to see it around you as you realize that every sunrise, every taste, every touch on your skin, every word that is written in the Bible, that is written there for all eternity, that you would accept them as gifts of love, not being silly like I was with the roses and thinking that because it was pre-planned that it didn't have all the thought and the love that was intended to come with it. May that be what I leave you with today and we'll see you next week.